You're listening to MedEx, the Medical Extrusion Podcast. Presented by U.S. Extruders. Extrude with confidence. Custom extrusion equipment designed for you and your application. Hello, folks. This is Steve Maxson, and welcome to the MedEx Podcast. Today, our guest is Joe Rowan, President and CEO of Junkosha USA. Junkosha are pioneers in fluoropolymer-based technologies, including microwave, interconnect, and medical device. And that includes etched PTFE liners and HEFEP heat shrink tubing used for composite catheter constructions. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. Looking forward to, uh, to having a constructive chat with you. Joe, a few years ago, we were on a webinar together, and you were talking about some of the exciting things that Junkosha is doing regarding PTFE liners and peelable FEP heat shrink tubing. But let's face it, a lot has changed during that time. <laughs> and today, people are more interested in the availability of PTFE liners and FEP heat shrink tubing. And I know that you uh, Junkosha is going through some major expansions, and we're excited for about you giving us an update. But at the same time, Joe, many contract manufacturers in medical device and several medical device OEMs are also considering vertically integrating these capabilities in-house to avoid or mitigate future risks. So, Joe, please give us uh, an update on the supply of PTFE liners and FEP heat shrink tubing, as well as your expansion activities. Sure. Um, yeah. What, what a difference, uh, what a difference a year makes, Steve, a lot of, a lot of water's gone under that bridge. And, um, you know, when we're at trade shows these days, it's great. We've got all these really nice new products, uh, very exciting, game-changing innovations. But the first thing uh, you hear out of customers as they come onto the stand is, what's your lead time? And I think that just typifies the, the real, almost emergency in the marketplace that we have right now. And it's impacting people up and down the value chain. And, you know, it's a multifaceted, um, it's a multifaceted challenge. It's a multifaceted problem. It's not something that, that you know, um, that, that is of our own making, and there are elements of the situation that remain beyond our control. Um, but, you know, we, we're not going to dwell on, um, you know, who, what, and when. Nothing to be gained by that. We are all where we are as an industry, and all I can do is try and articulate the challenges we see it and what we're doing to try and mitigate the risk for our customers. Because, you know, as you said, Steve, this is impacting customers, large, small contract manufacturers and everything up and down the, the value chain. And, you know, I do think that this situation has created a, a real inflection point or dislocation in the market. I think what we're seeing here is that the idea of single sourcing is probably gone forever, um, at least for the foreseeable future in this market. I don't know of any company that has not been impacted by the supply line challenges. And so, you know, once bitten, twice shy, that's just not going to happen again. And I, I, I think 
um, you know, we will be part of that solution, but we will also, I'm sure, be single, uh, dual-sourced or multi-sourced on other projects. And the other thing that's thrown into the mix here is the desire to, you know, reverse integrate uh, for OEMs and contract manufacturers to give themselves um, some of this kind of capacity and competence such that they're just not left in this situation ever again because it is having a very direct impact on revenue. And so, you know, there's some very senior people in some uh, very large companies sitting up, taking notice and, and putting some plans in place to mitigate this risk in the future. So I, I just don't see um, us being in this situation again because, um, again, it, it is quite untenable. Um, lead times have gone out uh, extensively. It used to be uh, ourselves and our competitors. You know, you could put an order in and five, six weeks later, you'll have the parts. Um, we are nothing close to that right now. Um, but, you know, that is the mantra um, that we're following. We want to get our lead times back to where they were. Um, but that's not going to be an overnight task. And I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. But what I can say is from what I can control, which is in terms of Jim Kosha's um, approach to this, this issue, is we are aggressively adding capacity as quickly as we can to try to help our customers get out of this situation. Excellent, Joe. Thanks for that update. Are, are you supporting smaller neurovascular applications as well as all the way to you know structural heart applications from a size range perspective? One of the things that we have seen is that we focused on small, on neuro and and um, you know some peripheral applications, and and you know our, our kind of bridgehead there was our peelable heat shrink, which really does lend itself to small size. Um, and then we found out there was a need for real high quality, um, consistent HPTFE liners. So that has been the main thrust in our business. But I think what we've seen is that people have come to appreciate the quality as well as the support that we provide. Um, and we are being, um, you know, really um, forced to look at these larger sizes for structural heart. And our plans are well underway to, to start to deliver parts in that area. So um, that's all within our roadmap. Um, we, uh, we, we do supply parts up to about three millimeters in terms of liners right now. And we can do parts up to six, seven millimeters on terms of peelable heat shrink. But in terms of the high volume productionization, um, that's gonna be coming the very early, very early part of next year. So again, you know, we've got plans in place, um, not only adding capacity on the smaller sizes, September, you know, December, January, but once we get into Q1, Q2 next year, there, there's going to be like a continuous stream of uh, capacity being added across the board in terms of everything from neuro, peripheral, up to the uh, structural heart side of things. Because, you know, unfortunately, there aren't, a lot of players, particularly in the HPTFE liner side of things, there's not a lot of people that are able to deliver thin wall, large size, consistent, um, you know, HPTFE liners. And so, you know, I think that is going to be a challenge even for companies 
who have decided to forward or reverse integrate. Um, so, you know, I, I think there is a responsibility for us to do what we can um, to help plug those gaps as best we can in as short a period as we can. And related to the, you know, the, your expansion, is that primarily in Japan? Are you expanding in other geographies? Look, right now, everything is about time to market. Okay. Um, and, you know, if we were to try to do extensive initiatives in US and Europe, which we will likely ultimately do, all that would do would be to add time and add risk. And that is something that our customers could do without. They've got enough, you know, risk mitigation that they need to be able to handle right now. And so, you know, I've been very clear with our customers that, yeah, ultimately that, that may well be something that we do. But for right now, it's as quickly as we can get machines in, validated, cranking out product uh, and, and shipped to our customers. You know, we've, we've been supplying products directly from Japan Oh, for about 10 years now. And, you know, it's worked really, really well. We are supplying customers all over the US and all over Europe. And, you know, our delivery record is first class. And, you know, we can ship parts on a Friday afternoon from Japan and they're on the loading dock on Monday morning in, in California. So, you know, once you get into the cadence of these large programs that require call-offs on a regular basis, there really is no issue. Joe, thanks for giving our audience and our listeners an update on the supply chain challenges and you know the progress that you're making with uh, your expansion activities. Still a lot of work to do, um, but we hope to have you back again soon for another update, maybe uh, in a couple of months. Oh sure, no that that that'd be great, and and you know I, I really appreciate you guys giving the. You know, given me and given Junkosha the opportunity to get this message out that, look, we're trying um, and uh, we're not going to overpromise and underdeliver, but we will engage and we will do the very best we can in these very difficult circumstances. So thanks for your support. And um, yeah, look forward to, to coming back again, Steve, if invited um, in, uh, in a couple of months' time. Okay. We'll make sure and invite you, Joe. Great. Thanks, uh -huh. Steve. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to MedEx, the medical extrusion podcast presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. For video episodes, go to us-extruders.com forward slash podcasts. All links are available in the show notes.